the Army is stepping up the plate big time here as a requirement to define what an Army reservist must do on a minimal basis. Hi, this is Captain Adam Morton, and welcome to the Canadian Army Podcast. If you're in the reserves and you haven't been clear on what training you're supposed to be doing every year, that's about to change. The soldier readiness policy is something that's going to apply to all primary reserve soldiers. And who better to talk about it than the person in charge, Brigadier General Nick Stanton, who's the Director General of the Canadian Army Reserves. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, good day, Adam. Thank you so much for having us here today. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be uh, some interesting stuff, especially if you're in the reserves. Very much so. It's quite exciting because uh, we've had our first big policy change in probably two decades. So it's quite exciting to come here and talk to you about it. So maybe straight out the gate in uh, you know a couple of sentences and we'll dig into the meat of it. What does this mean for soldiers that are listening right now? Well, what it means for our soldiers and the leaders out there is for the first time, we're actually establishing what the minimum training and administrative requirements are annually of our Army Reserve soldiers. So we're actually starting to manage expectations of what is expected there. And the big picture for the Army is we have a known level of readiness of the Army Reserves as part of the One Army team. So, sir, maybe if you can set this up for us uh, in terms of those who don't fully understand how the reserves work. But, for example, you have your, your Class A, which is part-time, Class B, which is full-time, and then Class C service usually used on deployments or operations. How does the reserve operate and, and what does this all mean? So the different levels of, uh, of service for the Army Reservists or Reservists in the, in the Canadian Armed Forces as a whole. So Class A service is the part-time service, and typically that's one evening a week, one or two weekends a month. Class B service is putting uh, part-time people on a full-time service, uh, providing uh, support directly to units in our CBG headquarters or somewhere in the Army there where they earn a full-time income but still are considered reservists. And then Class C service is when you actually go on a deployment. So whether it's a domestic operation in Canada or you're deployed overseas in expedition operations, you go on Class C service, which is equivalent to being a regular force soldier for that time period. In terms of Class A soldiers, why do we need to define a policy for them? Well, right now, and it came to a bit of a surprise to us a couple of years ago, we actually don't have a policy that states what the minimum requirements are for being a reservist. At the moment, the only thing that exists out there is what's called the non-effective strength policy, uh, or NES, as referred to quite often, where if you haven't shown up within a month with three opportunities to parade, you're considered non-effective strength, and a process starts by which you could eventually be released. We also don't know what, what's being contributed out there, what the level of readiness is for our individual soldiers, particularly for domestic operations. What the soldier readiness policy does is establishes that minimum administrative and training requirements for reservists each year to include an attendance requirement uh, throughout the year. So we know at the unit level and all the way up to the Army what our readiness level is, specifically in this case here where we started, is for domestic operations. We know that you will be medically fit, uh, administratively fit, have your force test out there, have your IBTS completed and your mandated training completed every year and requirement to parade at least 10 days. And people say, well, that's kind of a low requirement. Well, most units are actually achieving more than this, but we're starting with a baseline level of attendance and training requirements to enable us to develop. So as we go through the Canadian Army Modernization Strategy and what's called Force 2025, those requirements may actually increase as we move along dealing with things like mission tasks and requirements there. But we're starting here uh, with our baseline requirements for our soldier readiness policy. So when we're talking about part-time work, a lot of people might be thinking in their minds, uh, you know, various jobs. 
where, you know, you work a set number of shifts a week and then you have to show up for those shifts and do whatever it is you do. Why isn't Class A service like that right now? Well, in actual fact, uh, all units operate off a unit training plan. So established annually, the commanding officer and team in the units will establish the unit training plan for the things they need to accomplish this year as assigned by the Army. So this includes battle task standards, both at the individual and at the um, subunit level or platoon level, as we, as we call it, through there. So every year, you have your annual training plan. You're funded for that training plan for specific activities and things you must achieve through that year. Through the policies now, we're looking at the individual, what that individual has to contribute this year or must achieve in order to be ready and provide the readiness to our Canadian Army. And how is this different from, let's say, training courses? Because again, I think that some people have in their mind that you have, you know, when you join the Army, you go through your basic training and maybe you learn to do whatever job it is that you're going to be doing. If you're an infantry soldier or a gunner or something like that, you have that training. Why is annual training different than those things? So those things are specific individual training courses. So those are what you must do in order to be fully qualified in your trade uh, for your specific thing. So whether you're infantry, armored, artillery, service support signals, uh, those individual training places qualify you to be in that trade. What we're talking about here is what you have to do overall annually to be ready yourself. So you're qualified in your trade. And this policy only applies to those that are what we call developmental period one qualified. So a qualified infantier, so each year, in order to be considered to be ready and deployable for domestic operations, you need to be completed uh, through your soldier readiness policy for that year. Okay. When we look at that expectation that's been set, how does that compare to what's expected out of the regular force? So right now, once you join the regular force, your terms of service actually state what you must accomplish and what's expected of you through there. In the part-time world, this is what we discovered. We actually didn't have a policy that oversees what is expected of you each year. And it's really important, I believe, that when you join the Army Reserve, we can now tell a recruit, here's the expectation of what you have to do as a minimum that year. And the key thing to this is it provides flexibility because as you go through your reserve career, when you start, you may have all kinds of time. If you've taken part in full-time summer employment or something like that, probably your first four years or so, you've done a lot of class A and class B time. But as you leave university, finish school, whatever it may be, you now have uh, real life obligations. You may have got a new civilian job. You may be in a new relationship or have a family or things like that. This allows some flexibility that you now know, hey, maybe I need to take an E this year just to address my, my own life, but I know I must accomplish those 10 days of training and this list of training to still be effective within my unit and contributing. Can you get into the specifics of what has been changed? So with regards to policy specifically, uh, you need to be uh, your personal verification for it each year. Your basic administration of your next of kin forms and things like that have to be filled in. Your medical's up to date, your dental's up to date, and uh, you've completed your force test. In addition to that, a baseline uh, individual battle task standards, IBTS, must be completed. And in addition to any mandated training out there, ethics training, things like that, that we do on an annual or a biannual basis. So that listing is up there. And what's Kind of key, we're using the soldier readiness policy as a bit of a forcing function because it's also caused us, the Canadian Army, to review individual battle task standards. So those are being updated. It's also had us look at mandated training because there's a lot of mandated training each year that we're looking at. So what's that happening? And I'm using this as a forcing function outside in the CAF Big Reserve to look at terms of service, how we do annual medicals or every five-year medicals, depending on your age, and dental care for reservists. 
the Army's stepping up to the plate big time here as a requirement to define what an Army reservist must do on a minimal basis. Well, that has a greater effect across the entire CAF because the known state of readiness of our Army Reserve is a major contributor factor to supporting domestic operations and CAF operations out there. So what's the intended impact of these changes? The intended impact is, uh, from a soldier level, is the expectation management is there. You know what's expected of you at a minimal level through there. And as I said, most reserve soldiers are doing more than this already. You know, folks are out there anywhere from 20 to 40 days a year contributing to platoon exercises and all types of good things like that. What this has done is said, okay, we now know across the board what is expected of the soldiers. But the units can now plan to know this is what we have to deliver every year to give the opportunities for our soldiers to accomplish all of these uh, laid out uh, requirements within the readiness policy. So we talked a lot about what's happening now, but what are the timelines for the implementation of this? So the timelines for this is actually, we, we it, as of 1 September uh, 2021, we've entered a trial period for one year through to 1 September 2022, where we're going to be learning about and communicating the soldier readiness policy for a year so people can actually learn about it, learn about any issues we may have, opportunities to fix the policy, to change the policy, to adapt it, whatever it may be. It's our learning year. It's a trial period, a pilot period that we're able to uh, actually go and talk about the policy, learn about the implications for actually there. Because when you sit at Army headquarters and you put a policy out, it may mean one thing here, but it may mean something very different on the Armory floor, whether you're in uh, Calgary, Alberta, or you're in St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, the implementation of the policy may be a bit different in each place and have different implications. So we have a year right now to uh, work with it, understand it, change it as necessary before we go to full implementation in the fall of 2022. How are you planning on analyzing the results of that trial? So right now we're working through uh, different uh, means and actually uh, through the Army Reserve Advisor Group, which is the senior reservists through each of the divisions, the division deputy commanders and sergeant majors, we meet on a regular basis to provide feedback. We also have a supporting working group uh, that we're working through at the staff level with our division staffs to get the feedback, understand what's happening out there. And it's also about getting out on the ground. So Sergeant Major Boucher, the Army Reserve Sergeant Major and I, will be out visiting and finding out what's happening and how things are going and getting some direct feedback on that. But always, uh, for everybody out there, be talking about this, talk to your chain of command about it, provide some feedback out there, because that feedback will actually shape the eventual policy that is implemented. And we'll continue to evolve the policy over the years as the modernization strategy goes into effect and we're able to, uh, to up our game or adjust our game, depending on where we're going as an overall army. Now, this may not be immediately clear to everybody, and we do have plans to discuss this in another podcast, but... Can you define what readiness is and why it's important? So readiness is a very good question, actually. And a lot of people will, uh, will look, okay, what do we mean by readiness? For readiness in this term here is a known state. When we look across the board, and in particular in the Army Reserve world, we know that people will be medically fit, administratively fit, and have a baseline annual state of their individual battle test standards, which means they are ready to be deployed on domestic operations. In the past, we've had to do a lot of waivers in place to get people out there. And there's no doubt when we do domestic operations, Army Reservists are there every time. And last year during our Opalantis Op Laser efforts, over 8,000 Army Reservists and Canadian Rangers uh, stood up for full-time service to support our country and Canadians in their time of need. Will this also affect the Canadian Rangers, or is that something separate? This is for our primary reservists, primary army reservists. So Canadian Rangers is probably a, a good topic for another podcast <laughs> yeah. as we work on the Canadian Ranger um, enhancement plan. 
So big picture, we're starting in a trial period. Where do we go from here? In this year, it's all about learning, and it's about lessons learned as we start to implement this policy for Army Reservists. We've been communicating out the policy uh, through various uh, venues within uh, formations of the Canadian Army, and uh, podcasts like this, getting the word out there, getting units used to, here's the policy, how do we work through it? How do we report it? So the reporting of this has been a very interesting thing. How do you report readiness? Well, right now we're looking to use monitor mass. It actually has the capability to report this readiness state for Army Reserve through there. So very much this year is about learning about it, communicating about the policy with no repercussions uh, through this next year as people learn and understand about the policy. When we're looking to go live, then we'll start to the proper implementation of it as we go through. What impact do you think this might have on attrition within the reserve force? It's been very interesting. As we briefed out with the units, we weren't sure what the reaction would be. It's been a very positive reaction because people are like, okay, I finally understand what a soldier has to contribute annually through here. And it, it may be a forcing function for some people going, well, maybe I don't have time uh, for this. So I think there's going to be some interesting conversations with the leadership and that about w what's happening out there. We do have, you know, a, a certain number of people that are non-effective strength right now. Uh, but if they understand the flexibility that's available here as this is what I must do, okay. Um, but if you're not able to contribute at this level, well, maybe the Army Reserves isn't uh, what uh, you want in a part-time job right now. You know, as you mentioned that, like, I kind of think back uh, to some time within my own reserve unit and some of the conversations that go around and the challenges that circulate around participation. Basically, under the model that we have right now, there are certain expectations that are set and people operate within them, but it's not uh, it's not necessarily 100% expected that everybody is going to attend at all times. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about striking a healthy balance between uh, perfect attendance and accessibility within the context of reserve force? Well, this actually addresses that right up front, uh, because we have to remember we're a voluntary force, right? And for the most part across the board, our Army Reservists are completely voluntary. There's no requirement of long-term service or service requirements for Army Reservists. But here, as you join and as you are serving right now, here is the expectation that's set by policy. In many units, uh, unit command teams have set, uh, this is what we require of you here. But that's just, that's a local thing. This is an army policy that says, here's an attendance requirement, here's a training requirement, here's an administrative requirement that you have to have each year in order to be effective as a Canadian Army Reservist and supportive operations or training or whatever it may be. And this may increase over time, depending on what's expected as we go through the modernization strategy and enforce 2025 and the way to 2030 and requirements for mission tasks, this standard may actually lift up. But right now we have something that both leaders and soldiers can look and go, okay, I know what's expected of me now. I know what's expected for attendance and the opportunities to go and do that. Speaking of leaders, especially within the context of the regular force, but also outside of that, Unit commanding officers generally have significant flexibility in the running of their units. And there are reasons for that, especially when you consider the context of command and control on the battlefield and things like that. How do you feel about the level of flexibility that this policy provides to unit commanding officers? Well, it provides incredible flexibility, uh, I believe, and from the people I've talked to, is that... Uh, 
if you have somebody that's for a life uh, change or something that has happened through there and they need to take some time off that year, well, here's the minimum they need to achieve in order to maintain effectiveness. If they're not able to achieve that, one of the options are still there for excused drill and training, EDNT. If somebody needs to take a break, the mechanisms are still there uh, to uh, support them in multiple ways through there. Are there any other interesting changes coming down the pipe uh, outside of this specific policy that uh, you care to give us a hint to? Uh, most definitely. So within our Canadian Army modernization strategy and line of effort three, one army integration, uh, which I'm responsible for as part of, of CAMS, uh, we've gone through and done things. We've defined what one army integration means, the vision for what integration means. So as we move forward as a force, uh, we understand a, a more holistic view of what one army team actually looks like. But within that, uh, and if you, people have a chance to actually read uh, through the Canadian Army Modernization Strategy, uh, we're looking at a series of Army Reserve initiatives. Number one was our soldier readiness policy. We're also looking at enabling and optimizing Army Reserve administration, because at the moment, unit command teams and unit leaders are burdened with administration. Uh, things like getting a uh, pay app out there so we can do class A pay off our phones, enabling uh, reserve administration through digitization and opening up the systems of records so that on a Sunday when a master corporal comes back from the ranges, they can enter their sections shoot for that weekend through their phone into the system. Things like that, we can make things a bit better. We're also looking at how we enhance employer support uh, for our reservists out there. So there's a series of initiatives happening uh, that we're trying to roll out here to make life more manageable because it's all about life-work balance for our volunteer force out there and being able to enable people to do more while reducing the leadership and administrative burdens of our Army Reserves currently serving. You know, I'm sure that any reservist listening to this right now would be more than happy to do less paperwork and make it easier. So that sounds like some pretty interesting stuff. And it's all about moving this, these initiatives forward to support our folks out there. It's about enabling people. The soldier readiness policy enables people to know what their expectations are, what has to be achieved, and overall provides a level of readiness that we haven't seen before for our reservists as part of the One Army team. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh, I just appreciate the opportunity to come in here and talk today and address people. Unfortunately, through the entire COVID side of the house, I've been working from home in Calgary, Alberta, and I have an opportunity now to get out to the headquarters, but any method we can to reach out there. And I highly encourage all reservists and, and anybody in the Canadian Army right now, if you've got questions about what's happening, engage your chain of command and talk, hey, I heard about the soldier readiness policy, what that's about. Ask questions, be talking about it, be part of the conversation as we make these great changes to support our One Army team. And as always, they can reach out to us through the podcast. Most definitely. I think there's any opportunity out there to talk about what's happening, to talk about the change that we're going through in uh, the Canadian Army here with modernization and Army Reserve initiatives and policies and what's happening out there. Please be talking about it. Ask questions. And if you see uh, Sergeant Major Boucher, the Army Reserve Sergeant Major, or myself out there, come over and say hello and talk to us about it. Happy to talk to anybody about what's happening out there. Well, thanks so much for your time, sir. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Adam. This has been great. And I appreciate uh, all this happening with the podcast. I am a listener of the Ar Canadian Army podcast. <laughs> thank you, sir. That was Brigadier General Nick Stanton. He's the Director General of the Army Reserves. If you want to know more about these changes, talk to your chain of command. I'm Captain Adam Morton for the Canadian Army podcast. Orton out. Orton out.